You're listening to... No, that's not real. You're listening to The Heidi Rue Show. Yeah, that's better. Inspiring. Entertaining. Real. The Heidi Rue Show. I want to start this episode by telling you a little bit behind the scenes of what just happened. So (laughs) I have Brandy Harvey on with me today. She is Steve Harvey's daughter. We'll get that out of the way. Uh, But she's so much more. She's a motivational speaker. She's also a fitness enthusiast. She's even participated in a bodybuilding competition. And she looked amazing. I saw those pictures. And then she's also founder of Beyond Her. We already recorded the episode yesterday. And then she left. She went on with her day, and I went back, and I had already saved it, and I looked at the time, and it only said 10 minutes, and I was like, that's not right, because we talked for a lot longer than 10 minutes, and I realized somehow it had stopped recording at 10 minutes. So, of course, I'm like, okay, okay, remain calm, just chill out, we'll figure something out, and um, I emailed Brandy, and she was so kind and gracious, too, and she just said, listen fine. I'll come in tomorrow morning. She's about to fly out to New York, by the way, people. Okay. And she just was like, fine, Heidi. Uh, She showed me so much grace. So um, with that, I wanted to share that story because also I think it speaks to Brandy and who you're about Uh to hear from today. (laughs) So thank you so much, Brandy, for coming back on. I really appreciate it. You know what? You are so welcome. Like I told you, you know, it's technology. It's man-made. Things happen. But I'm one of those people who's like, look, if anything happens like that in my world, I want somebody to show me some grace. And I think that that's like the thing about most people. We walk around in our lives and we don't give people grace. but We expect grace. Mm. Hiccups happen, you know. Mm -hmm. People are flawed. Technology is flawed. Things really do go awry in life. Mm -hmm. But it's how we react to it. You know, 10% is what happened to us. 90% is how we react. Yes. And so if I can always be that bit of grace because I haven't always been so gracious, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, I led with my attitude, child. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's, it's that thing, you know, we talked about yesterday elevation, you know, with elevating my own life. I really look at my life as like, you know, when we talk about living our lives, it's like these living sacrifices, you know, I think we, we've been given such great examples, you know, Mm -hmm. even how Christ walks. So it's like, that's our job, mm-hmm. you know, and if we do that every single day, hell, yeah. life opens up. <laughs> so true. I was just listening, um, headed in today about, it's a, it's a book, it's Creativity Inc. It's about the Pixar uh, company. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, um, which I was like, oh, I needed to hear this today for sure. He said, you know, we think of mistakes as um, a necessary evil to life, but he said it's not evil at all. It's not evil, and there should be no shame in failure um, because that's just part if, – if we're not failing, if we're not making mistakes, we're not learning, we're not growing, yeah. and that just means that we're doing something new or trying something different. You know, Listen, everything so, – just like I said in that email, everything works for mm-hmm. my good, our good, you know, yeah. and, I, and I really have had to learn that along the way that, you know, I've thought that things were, like, bad or, oh, God, or – people are going to think I, I don't have it together or I'm not right. <laughs> or, you know, people are going to like, what are they going to think about me? And it's like, well, the biggest thing is what do I think about me? Mm. You know, I, I'm, I, I like, I don't care what other people think. I don't yeah. care about their opinions of me, you know? And I think that when we walk around, you know, it's just about 
how are we willing to show up in our lives and how mm-hmm. are we ready to give ourselves the best and like things really do happen but it really is all working together for my good yeah you know like I don't look at anything as being like okay well it was a hiccup <laughs> now what okay right. what are we gonna do to fix it right you know right. effective people start problems and feed solutions mm-hmm. you know so if I'm not offering solutions into the world then I'm not doing my due diligence. I'm not doing my part. Yeah. And I think that that's how people really need to operate, like operate in solutions. Yeah. Stop being the person who was like, oh, well, that was bad. Okay, now what, girl? <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have to say today? Right. Yeah. <laughs> since, you, since you got your complaints out the way, you know, send them to management, child. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And what's so wrong about think people thinking that we don't have it all together because hello we're human like I don't have it together all the time for sure because social media I think you know because we kind of live these lives of you know the highlight reel Mm -hmm. you know our lives like operate in the highlight reel you put your best picture up you took 1,000 freaking photos and you put (laughs) you took you 30 minutes to post that one selfie right you You sat in that car for 20 (laughs) minutes while somebody was waiting for that parking spot you know like all all of that and we we walk around like looking for perfection but Mm -hmm. I think that like life is really lived in the imperfect moments. Life is really lived when we when we see the things that unravel around us, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you didn't really learn good parenting when the baby was asleep, you know? You learned <laughs> right. good parenting when that blowout happened, you know? Like your dress got messed up. I just have a nephew, so Yeah, you know. I'm like part-time, part-time. Right. I'm in the village though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> in the village. The I'm village. A, I'm a, I'm in the village. Oh, that's great. So one of the things that happened in your life that really could have kind of derailed you a little bit was you went from being executive director of the Stephen Marjorie Foundation, and you left that. It was kind of a mutual thing, but it really left you going, okay, wait, now what? Yeah. What do I do? And that led you to start Beyond Hurt. Tell me about that process and, and how you came to that realization. You know what? It was for such a long time before I was I was fired mutually, I don't know, whatever, you know, I was let go, child. They gave me a severance, so I walked away, all right. You know, but, you know, in that time before that, I knew that I was going through this transitional phase in my life, you know. Things were changing. My mind was changing. My heart was changing about so many things emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. And um, I had really, like, clocked out, you know, of that place because I just didn't feel the love anymore. I didn't feel the love of the people who I was working mm-hmm. with. I didn't feel the love of the work anymore. And not that I didn't want to help the children because that was always my passion. I'm a former high school teacher and all that kind of stuff. So that that wasn't it. It was just I wanted to make a shift in my life. And when I got fired, it really kind of left me in this like lull of like, what's next but in my soul I was like I really want to like answer my soul's calling you know it's mm-hmm. like Gary Zukov in the book The Seed of the Soul you know like really create these intentions for my life and how did I want to manifest that I sat with it and I went to the mountains in Boone North Carolina <laughs> to the Art of Living Center for a silent meditation retreat for five days and it was you know of course when I'm telling people that I'm getting ready to go on the silent meditation retreat my mom and my sister, who are like the ultimate chatterboxes, <laughs> they're like, why? Wait, huh? <laughs> like, what? Why would you ever want to do that? Oh, God, I would oh, never gosh. do that. And I was like, yeah, I really want to go do this, and I've already paid for it, you know? 
and they're like, oh, that's not my type of vacation, child, you know. And <laughs> so I was, was it silent the whole, like, you're supposed to be pretty silent the you, whole five days. So the first two days, you, um, they do, like, what they call the happiness retreat. So it's all yoga meditation. You're in yoga meditation for, like, eight hours of the day. But the first, you can talk, like, through some of the sessions. But then you go into silence. Like, after one of the meditations, you go into silence and when I went into silence when we finally had to go into silence on like the second or third day I got so angry right I was so like when I tell you I was pissed I was pissed <laughs> I was so mad and I remember like leaving up out of the meditation I went back to my room and I was like I'm just gonna leave like I mean I just hate this I'm like why did I do this it's like yeah. the worst thing I could have possibly done for my life at this point <laughs> and I just wanted to scream and I was like, you know, and of course the instructor is like, before you go into silence, like, you know, whatever emotions come up, just deal with the emotions. Like, don't, don't try mm. to suppress it. Don't try to run from it. Just deal with it. Confront it. And at this point, like, you have to write everything on a notepad, right, to talk. Okay. And I'm like. <laughs> that notepad would be so filled up listen, if I was there. <laughs> listen, with all kind of explicitives, okay? <laughs> Trust me. So I was like, because I journaled, you know, while I was there. And if you would see my, like, I have time stamps in this journal from, like, wow. 2.24, what I wrote, <laughs> 5.37, you know. <laughs> and so when the instructor came to me, you know, I'm sitting at dinner by myself, and I'm just like, I was just like, so, like, Brandy, like, just stay in this. Like, just do this. Just, it's okay. You're going to feel better about this. And he's talking to me, and I'm talking to him on a notepad. And he was like, you know, I told, I was told that you left the session today. So I'm sitting up here like, uh, who up in here is snitching right. about me, leaving to say, who, who watching me? You know, what is this? But, you know, like, it's only like two black women there. So, hell, one of y'all leave. We going to know. <laughs> <laughs> we are about to know one of y'all is missing. Okay. So, so I, I'm sitting there and he said, you know, look. I'm here for you. Like, yeah. whatever you need, like, I'm really here for you. Like, this is to, for you to be successful. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And, like, in that moment, like, he gave me a hug. I started crying. I guess I just needed a hug, child, you know. <laughs> and so I just started crying. And I was just like, you know, in that moment, it kind of gave me this encouragement to keep going. Like, this is going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. Like, but anything in your life worth having is going to push you out of your comfort zone. It's easy for me to talk. I like to talk. You know, <laughs> so the hardest part is to shut up, right. you know, and when you have to be quiet, when you have to really silence yourself, it forces you to go within and dig really deep. Mm -hmm. It is really like that Garden of Gethsemane moment, like you really go have that mountaintop experience of like, God, really, I am here to deal with you. Yeah, because dealing with you is you dealing with yourself and confronting mm -hmm. all those things that you've been suppressing for all those years. And you think like, well, it's only a couple of days. Well, if you don't talk for 72 hours, you know, when I came out of silence, my voice was so like I talked so low. You know, for like the really? first like two days, huh. like because I'm used to da 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 hey girl, hey girl, you know, I'm used to that all day. And when I didn't, and so when I was in those you know moments of meditation, and when I got a chance to just not talk to anybody, you know, this the confirmation of like me being able to like really bring my soul's work to the world came to fruition. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, and I really remember writing in my journal, you know. Martin Luther King had the speech, you know, and, and he talked about in the speech, I've been to the mountaintop, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you looked at Christ when he walked on the earth, you know, he talked about going to 
be one with the father right mm-hmm. and in those moments like that's when you come to these real like Martin Luther King was like I don't fear dying anymore right mm-hmm. after he came out the mountaintop experience I've been to the mountaintop yeah. you know I don't fear dying anymore I fear nothing anymore mm-hmm. and it's like even with Christ like there was no fear I whatever you do to me, do it quickly. Yeah. You know, like, and so that was my thing when I walked off of that mountain, when I left, it was like, whatever it is, just do it quickly. Like my life is here to be offered as a living sacrifice. Like whatever I do, my soul's intentions, my work is to be that of the most high, the creator that Mm -hmm. I embody that when people see me, they encounter light. When they feel me, then when they experience me, they encounter that presence of God. And if I do that, then I've lived my best life Mm. if I if if you can have that experience with me if I leave you when you leave my presence you feel better that's the journey beyond you know but in order to have that journey beyond you have to go within Mm. you have to go get quiet and most people are so afraid of being alone yeah. Because that requires you to confront so much of your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, all these little things that we've been carrying around with us for years, you got to confront it. Yeah. All the all the relationships that you've suppressed and the traumas, you got to confront it. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in one of the meditations and it was like one of the first like kind of real true meditation exercises that we had to do. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and he's like, yeah, you know, you'll laugh, you'll cry, whatever it is, just feel it. And I'm like, laugh or cry, child, get out of here. <laughs> like, nobody is about to do this. Like, these people are crazy. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there and we're in like this 45-minute meditation. And like, when I tell you the waterworks start coming, I start like bawling right and like it was like that ugly cry like that like (laughs) yeah yeah it Uh was an ugly cry and in that meditation I released a relationship because I had just gotten out of a relationship some months prior to that that I had been in for years that wasn't you know the healthiest relationship for me and when I got out of that meditation I was like oh my god Hmm. like maybe these people aren't crazy or maybe I'm just crazy (laughs) (laughs) maybe I just I just drank the Kool-Aid you know but it's one of those things that it just helped me confront so much. And because of that, I was able to walk off, you know, that mountain and into this new life, this new path. And then, you know, it, it birthed beyond her. And it was like really to take these women on that same type of journey that each of us can have a mountaintop experience yeah. in our lives. Each of us can have that moment of, of clarity, of, of realization, of revelation, mm-hmm. you know, in our lives. And I think that's what we're missing so often as women to confront ourselves. I mean, we will have to have a revelation about so many things that we've been suppressing, you yes. know, that we've been, you know, trying to walk around like we have it all together. Well, yeah. that would just mean we don't always have it together, like uh-huh. you said. And it's like, and that's okay. It's totally okay. It's okay because guess what? I don't have it together all right. the time. <laughs> and Heidi doesn't have no. it together. And Beyonce doesn't have it together. Wait, are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm definitely okay. sure, girl. <laughs> definitely sure. She got three kids, child. <laughs> and she wrote Lemonade, okay? Right. She Letting you know. Oh, true, true, <laughs> true, true. She's yes. letting us know. It's yeah. not always together. Yeah. And so many times I know I feel like when I get to that point where I'm like, oh, things aren't 
fitting into place or I mean like you you just gotten out of a relationship and then you know you're fired and Girl, you know this I mean was that a, was it was all, a, all like within like a month of each other that's crazy and so many times I know for me my first reaction is okay get back on that hamster wheel okay we just got to work harder we got to figure it out okay I can't stop you know got to just keep going and I think that what you did was really the right thing to do and obviously it's so evident because you've created something so amazing with Beyond Her. What do you want to see come out of Beyond Her? This is a vehicle, you know, a community, a tribe that, you know, propels women to take control of their lives, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, that everything is connected, that when we find the the piece that says it's all connected, you know, it was 2016 when I made the connection that it was all connected in my life. What I was eating, what I was drinking, who I was around, what I was thinking, who I was spending my time with, that everything was playing a part in my overall well-being and so this journey beyond is inviting women along on that same journey Mm. you know that they too can find you know and have this peace that passes all understanding and I think Mm -hmm. that that's the part that you know it's not about you being physically fit only you know yeah. it's not about you just having six-pack abs it's, it's hella broken women out here with six-pack abs <laughs> right <laughs> like it's they're they're hella broken yeah. you know and and still like trying to find how they fit into the world and that doesn't matter you can have great arms but if you don't have the mental stamina right the mm-hmm. emotional stamina the emotional endurance right then it's all for naught you know like I want women to walk away knowing that you know, just like how I had to do in 2016, it was like, you know, it, it made me stay committed on the vegan path in 2016. It made me give up alcohol, you know, over this last year and a half. It made me give up so many things that I was clinging to, right? The food stuff, the emotional stuff, the men, you know, all <laughs> these things that I was clinging to to try to fill the void so I wouldn't have to, so I could avoid, all the other stuff that was pressing in my life that I didn't want to deal with. And I think that what I ultimately want is just for women to tap into that, which is with inside them that they, everybody has this Christ like divinity within them. Everybody has it. Mm -hmm. And if we tap into it, if we, if we can really hone in on that spirit of truth that lives within us, then our lives elevate. That's the journey beyond. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I started this for women of color because it was about women of color being physically fit and taking care of themselves emotionally and this whole self care, you know, movement that that's really going on. But really this message is not you know, yes, it's for women. I wanted to start this for women who look like me, who are afraid to go to therapy, and women who <laughs> look like me who are afraid to hit the gym because their hair would mess up, and, and you know, you would, you know, your hair wouldn't pop in or whatever. <laughs> you know, like I wanted look, I that. I do, I do relate to that part Listen, for sure. <laughs> you know, I wanted that, but I also wanted this to be a place where people could feel safe. Um, uh, within their emotions, mm-hmm. you know, because so often we're so afraid to share how we really feel because we're afraid that somebody else is going to judge us or think less of us or think we're not as smart or not as talented. But it's not the case. Like we're all struggling with things, you know, that are pressing on us and within us. And so if we can tap into that and take the journey beyond. Then I feel like I've done my due diligence and I feel like I've you know, run a good race. Yeah. One of the things that you said yesterday, too, that I thought was so insightful um, was that 
you said, you know, as a black woman, we have to be strong. Like we have this kind of expectation, first of all, not only expectation, but I think just history. I mean, you have to be, you know what I mean? Like that you have to be the strong woman and that almost you can't get too emotional or else that is going to almost look weak. Yeah. And I loved what you said about just you being able to kind of break that down and go, oh, wait, no, strength is in being vulnerable and having these emotions and facing them. Oh, man, absolutely. And I love that. You know, um, I really started getting into the work of trauma, you know, and trying to uncover my own trauma based on me, you know, trying to help children become, because when I was doing the work with the foundation and we were doing mentoring programs, um, I was encountering, you know, we ran programs for women who were single mothers who mm-hmm. um, of boys. And I was like, you know, it was 2015, and I'm like, you know, why are we reacting, you know, and doing some of the things that we're doing in our family structures, you know, as as black people? And I was like, what's what, what has happened to us? And so it led me to read this book in the work of Dr. Joy DeGruy, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. And it talks mm-hmm. about the trauma that we've experienced because of slavery for generations, right? Mm. And how that trauma has been embedded in our DNA. And we carry that trauma around with us because when you think about if you've never had to, if you've never been able to grieve properly, right? If your husband was lynched or murdered Mm. in front of you, your family members, whatever, right? You've seen these very traumatic, you've experienced rape, you've had all these things, and you've never, you had to just get right back to work. You had to survive. Right. And you that, just had to survive. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and when you have that embedded into your family, you have that embedded into your DNA, you have that embedded into a culture, you know, so now that's taken on so many different avenues. Right. And it shows up in so many different ways. And so when I started really delving into this work of trauma and how we've been affected as women of color, it really helped me to start delving into my own trauma because yeah. it was so many things in my life that I was told, like, you should just get over it. Like black mm-hmm. people don't have time for therapy, girl. Like we don't, we don't do that. Hmm. You know, like nobody has time for that and we don't have time to feel right. And so when you've been conditioned to believe that, well, that affects your relationships. It mm-hmm. affects how you, your reactions and, and dealings with other people. And so I really wanted to start to deal with my own trauma and it forced me into therapy and it forced me to, to start to confront my emotions. And, and that was never easy for me to be vulnerable. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to know. Like, girl, I'm fine. <laughs> now I'm crying in the, in the dark. You right. Know? Now <laughs> I'm course, crying sure. at yeah. home and <laughs> I'm, I'm angry and not really mm. understanding where this rage was coming from. And I wasn't understanding where these feelings of inadequacy were coming from, but it was, so steeped in my trauma it was so steeped in abandonment it was so steeped in rejection and all these things that I felt as a child that I've been carrying around with me mm-hmm. and it, it it spilled out into the type of relationships that I was committing myself to yeah and it spilled out in type of the, the type of friendships I was having it spilled out into not having boundaries mm-hmm. you know and so when I started to do that you know, and set boundaries and become vulnerable and tell people like, this is how I'm feeling right now. And that hurt my feelings. Like, well, then that frees you up to do so much and experience so much more of life. Hmm. And um, it's difficult. It's not an easy road. But when you start to really go down it, you're like, I'll never get off of it. Yeah. Do you feel like you have more joy in your life now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. I was, I think I have, I, I understand what joy is now. 
I didn't understand what joy was. I was so focused on being happy, mm. you know, like, but happiness is fleeting. Yeah. It's like, oh, girl, we had such a good time. I was so happy. Right. You know, but joy is something that you can't take away from me. Yeah. And, and when my joy, you know, it, you know, happiness was caught up in what other people were doing and how other people made me feel and what I was experiencing with them, you know, and from them. But now I was just like, girl, I'm just who I am and yeah. I'm joyous in that, you yeah. know. But I think that that's coming to such an understanding, you know. I think that's the spiritual piece that helps to tie that together, you know. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't, you know, promote religion, you know. I really am like this spiritual person. I think it's so many different things that I've learned along the way that have helped to enhance my life. But, uh, you know, I really enjoy the teachings of Christ, you know. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, as a master teacher, what Christ said was, you know, follow me. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going in the direction. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just headed that yeah. way. And if you join me on this path, right. then I promise you, your life will be better for it. Right now, if you don't, it's okay. I'm yeah. cool. Yeah. But we have these this ability within us, you know, to create miracles, to see signs and wonders, and I think that if we are able to really tap into that you know, and really trust that, that, that voice inside of us, you know, then I think that our lives just, it, they just, man, it just expands yeah. to such a, a new level, a new height, but it really is like the spiritual piece. I think for me is just like tapping into the source that's higher than me, that mm-hmm. there is a power that's higher than me, that God is real in my life. I don't try to like deny the fact that God is real, you yeah. know, like, it's not like some like hocus pocus thing for me. You know, and I don't look at God as a magician. I just look at it like I see God move in, in so many ways, you know, even like what's it's helped me to slow down in my life is like, you know how you're driving in the car and you're like, oh, my God, would they just hurry up and get there? And I'm <laughs> like, well, maybe this person got in my way to save me from something. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like <clears throat> it, it's slowing us down to start to see really how God is moving in everything and all things right. that they really do work for my good. Like, yeah. I know Miss Daisy got in front of me. <laughs> Not to piss me off today. I know she did not get in my way to piss me off. She really got in my way. So I would, that it was a barrier between that and something else that could have happened to me. Maybe it was a gift. And it was. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's that's really us looking at everything working for our good. But that's the joy. When you start to look at your life in, in this joyous way. You understand that everything in this domino lineup mm-hmm. is falling right in the in the perfect spot for me to land exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. That everything is really working for my good. That 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 death, that demotion, that promotion, that firing, that divorce, that you know, all of these things yeah. that we thought were meant that to technology. Exactly. <laughs> and we thought it was really meant to bury us, yeah. you know. And it, we were like, man, I, I'm buried beneath it. But it was really us being planted, mm-hmm. you know, so planted true. for this next season, planted to harvest and bring something good into our lives. I think that's when we start looking at our lives in those ways. Uh-huh. Then we we expand in such a way that our light expands. Yeah. You know, that when people encounter us, there's nothing but light that comes mm-hmm. comes their way. 
have you always been fitness focused and fitness minded or <laughs> was that a journey to get Girl, there? Girl, um, nah. <laughs> How long do we have, right? <laughs> you know what? I started working out when I was 19 years old because okay. I went to visit my dad for spring break. And he was like, oh, my fluffy girls. And I have a twin sister. And I was like to my sister Carly, I'm like, fluffy. What do you, what do you think he means <laughs> by fluffy? That? And, you know, in this day and age, people will be like, oh, my God, you know, no fat shaming and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But, no, I didn't look at it like he was shaming me in any way. I think what he did, and I tell people all the time, that he woke up this sleeping giant that was within mm -hmm. me. And so at 19... When I had never worked out, never played sports, you know, was one of those girls who was like straight to the mall, you know, <laughs> and like, please, I don't like right. to sweat Into ever. Right, TCBY. <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> <In the laughs> That was it. You know, remember Great Steak? Uh -huh. Yeah, that was me. And um, so I, um, I started working out and um, I started working out in college and my dorm room when I transferred to Ohio State was right across the street from the rec center. And so for that summer, I worked out every single day. And I started just loving the way I felt. And I started doing portion control and reading the back of labels. And mm. if anything, if it said 14 tortilla chips, I counted out 14 tortilla wow. chips. Wow. If it said a fourth of a cup of ice cream, I count. I put it in a measuring cup and I ate do it. More, like, I need that more <laughs> in my life. Listen, <laughs> that but that was, that was when I started, you yeah. know. And I've gone through so many different waves of fitness mm -hmm. and health and wellness. And so, you know, when I started working out at 19, like it was like I did the elliptical and then I rewarded myself with a milkshake you know <laughs> but yep. but you know when um as a as the road as I went down this road to wellness as I call it you know I just started making changes started reading more I started getting more into you know holistic health you know as the years went on but I wasn't always there you know mm -hmm. and it took me a while to get there but it led me to be a personal trainer group fitness instructor it led me to be an NPC fitness competitor where you talked about me doing bodybuilding you know I did it you mm -hmm. know and that was like it feels like ages ago now because that was like over 10 years ago yeah you know what? no yeah, that was over 10 years Stop. ago so that was I <laughs> I was 25 I'm 36 now so okay. that was you know but I, I wanted to look like those women who mm -hmm. competed and so I I moved to Atlanta and um, got a trainer who was an IFBB pro bodybuilder and I started working with him and it took me nine months to get ready to get on the stage and you know I did it you know yeah. the discipline of it and and that's what it's been over the years it's just been like this learning new things implementing implementing new things you know kind of adding and subtracting along the way mm. you know and um and that's been it but it hasn't I think you know the fitness part is just one piece of just the wellness part that I've gotten to you know that's like you know that's that's half of it some days but right. it's like 20 percent some days the mm. rest of it is like my spiritual health my yeah. mental health my emotional health mm. that makes up the rest of it that what you see on the outside is just really a manifestation of everything of that's on the inside yeah. yeah for sure you know one of the things that we talked about yesterday that I, would, I did want to bring up because I think you were so real and I think it was so enlightening to hear from you but I asked you yesterday did you ever feel pressure being Steve Harvey's daughter <laughs> and you know you answered just in the most real way um 
can you share a little bit about your journey of kind of what you've discovered along <laughs> the way with that? Um, yeah, you know, I am I am the daughter of Steve Harvey, you know, so that part I've always been his daughter. So, I mean, you know, the birth certificate, like I look just <laughs> like him, yeah. you know, um, and my dad has been on television since I was a child. You know, um, I remember my dad being on television the first time he, you know, made his national appearance on Showtime at the Apollo, who where he be, um, ultimately became the host of and the longest running host of Showtime at the Apollo. But, you know, it's been a journey because when I was younger, I hated people to say, oh, you're Steve Harvey's daughter. You know, when I went off to college, it was yeah. one of those things that I was like, oh, I'm about to walk into this new life. Nobody's going to know me. Right. Nobody's going to know me and my sister. <clears throat> excuse me, as soon as we get on campus, they're like, the Harvey twins go to the oh. school. And we're like, you know, okay. Right before I started my freshman year, the original Kings of Comedy um, came out, which is like one of the highest behind Kevin Hart's now tour is the highest grossing comedy tour of all time. And, you know, that movie came out right at my 18th birthday. And I remember being like, oh my God, like, I'm <laughs> like never going to get off of this train. Yeah. You know, but... Now, I look at it as such a blessing in the sense that, you know, I really enjoy the fact that people will say, you know, oh, you're Steve Harvey. I am because I can't deny it. You yeah. know, it's, it's no denying the who, that's who I am. And it hasn't always been easy, you know, because I've wanted to be like, can you just recognize me for me? Like, right. my name is Brandy Harvey, not Steve Harvey's daughter. Right. You know, I definitely, you know, had those moments, but. You know, I, I'm the daughter of a king, you know, somebody who has proven themselves time and time again that they have worked for a craft that has, you know, blessed my life immensely, you know, that I'm the byproduct of, of that blessing. You know, I feel really, you know, what what more could I say? I think yeah. he's he's one of the greatest men to walk the planet for me, you know, and that's me being um, really proud of him as a daughter, you know, as him being my father. You know, and it hasn't always been the, the greatest relationship. You know, it's come with this ups and downs sure. because, you know, my father left to go pursue his dream, mm -hmm. you know. And then leaving, well, that that's a whole set of scars that come along sure. with, with somebody having to go pursue. And, you know, you sacrifice for somebody to have that level of stardom. You know, as a child, you sacrifice your parent to the world. Because he can't be mm. a regular dad. Like, don't expect him to come to your games or, right. you know, all your stuff like that. It just, the work schedule, the life just doesn't afford him those type of things. You know, y'all aren't just going to go sit at the movies together. Because that's a whole, you know, <laughs> different type of movie experience. But, you know, I think in my own growth and maturity and having to come to terms with some of the things that have happened over my life, you know, there's such a, a warmness that I feel about, um you know, where we are in our relationship mm -hmm. and just who he's become. And he's had to grow as a man and a father. And I've had to grow as a woman and a daughter. Yeah. You know, that these relationships are two way streets and it's not just one sided, you know. But the one thing I've learned, I think the most what my parents have taught me. And I remember being 18 and I wrote this paper um, in college and my English teacher, my English professor was like, it's amazing when we learn that our parents are human. 
Mm. And it's one of those things that stuck with me, you know, has stuck with me throughout the years. But as I've gotten older and experienced more things, and of course, 36, so life has happened and you've had your own experiences. So it's often I look at my mom as the woman, right? And not Mm -hmm. just my mother. And I look at my father as the man and not just my father. Like they had lives before I got here. They had things that happened before (laughs) I got here. You know, I became a part of the mix and we became a, a mix together. But outside of them being my parents, they're human, they're flawed, but they're a man and a woman. Right. And so when I started looking at them in those ways, I didn't hold the resentment and the the hurt and the against them. Yeah. Because they made decisions based on them being just Hmm. human beings trying to live this life and figure it out. And I think that they really did the best that they knew how to do with what they had. I mean, everybody where we are is like, we're just doing the best we know how to do. Right. If we knew how to do it differently, we (laughs) would. would. Yeah. You know, but we're really just doing the best we know how to do. And I think that that's how I look at my parents is just whether that's emotionally, you know, how they connect to you or whatever. They're just doing the best that they know how to do. And that's been the thing. They're just human. Yeah. I bet they are so proud of you. I hope so. I bet they are so proud of you. I I mean, you really are a light. And I know that, um, you know, even just through everything that happened yesterday and today, but I really did. I told some of my friends after we got done with our record, I said, that was just one of my most favorite (laughs) interviews. I feel you know, you talk about like you, your hope is that your light from your life, you know, is a gift to other people. And it has been. It ha- it was it was to me the first time that we recorded. It is to me today. And I know it will be to people that listen here and more people that you affect through Beyond Her. And I'm just I'm so excited for what's on the horizon for you, Brandy. And I know uh, you do have a book coming out. And so we will be following along. Too. Yeah. We can't wait for that. To we, come out. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> about to go go get it delve into these two chapters that we need to kind of put some finishing touches on and I'm really excited I had to step away from it for a couple months because you know when you really want to put something like I'm not one of those people who's just like oh let me just put something out because I want to make some money like nah I yeah. want everything that I touch to be of excellence and that's the standard in which I live my life you know, but I wanted to have meaning, you know, that people really gather and get something and glean from this body of work that mm-hmm. isn't, it's not to just, you know, I'm not one of those people don't go, don't come to me. I'm not going to tell you how to get rich quick. <laughs> I'm not, that's not my, that's not my lane. Dang I'm, it. There's plenty of people <laughs> out really there. I'm that. not going to give you a 21 day <laughs> program for you to lose weight. <laughs> Like, it's just not like people ask me all the time, like, what's your program to lose weight? And I'm like, you probably need to lose the other weight. Yeah. Like, it's not your physical weight that isn't your problem. Mm -hmm. You know, you got some other weight that you need to tap into. Mm -hmm. So that's that's more, you know, the vein in which I operate. And I'm, I'm just really, you know, I'm really thankful, you know, for platforms like this with you. And I'm really thankful for the opportunities to be able to share with women because I think the more we share and the more we're transparent about our lives, you know, transparency is what you're willing to share with cause ain't nobody asked you. You know, the honesty is when somebody gotta ask you. Ass <laughs> right. What did you no Truth or dare. You know, uh, it's no. it's the truth or dare, you yeah. know, but for real. And I just try to be as transparent as possible because I think that that's the only way 
people will grow and, and learn and become changed and transformed because I wish more women were honest and transparent with me when I was younger. It would have helped me from making so many pitfalls. You know, that's why I like to tell my little cousin, like, girl, I got the mug, the T-shirt, the tote bag. I'm telling you, <laughs> you don't have to do this. I've been this, there and back. You know, but you got to go see if it's hot. Go strike right. it. It's hot. I'm telling you, it's right, hot. Right, right. But here you go, you know, because yep. you're 17, 18 years old. You got to go figure it out for yourself. But I'm yeah. telling you, I got the T-shirt, girl. You can... <laughs> Just borrow it. You don't have yeah. to go get one. Right, right. Well, Brandy, what, how can people follow along with you? Um, I'm on Instagram. That is, like, my only platform that I use is Instagram. Um, and I am at I am Brandy Harvey. I am Brandy with an I, Harvey. And at beyondher.co, at beyondher.co. And that's also my website, beyondher.co is my website. .co is my awesome. website. Well, Brandy, thank you again so much for your thank grace you for and having for me. resharing thank all this stuff. So well, we thank got you some so new much. stuff. We so do. We you do. You know what? It was we supposed do. to be this one. Yeah, and not I the have other a feeling one. that somebody out there really needed to hear that. So, amen. So. And it is so. Yes. And it is so. And it is so. As a Georgia peach, she loves pleasing people, so she wants to know how she can improve the show. So let her know either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Heidi Rue. Also, be kind because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 